Welcome to the IBSI podcast series. I'm Sunova Kolostiak. With me today on the podcast is Peter Briffett, the CEO and co-founder of WageStream. WageStream is a so-called ethical fintech which provides access to earned wages and it's operating in the UK, Spain, Australia and the US. So Peter, let me start by saying welcome on the podcast. You've had quite the journey over the three years that you've been operating. You've been backed by charities, you've recently acquired the green seal owned startup and but if we go back can you talk me through what drove you to launch Wavestream in the first place yeah now you've said it it seems like the whole world's changed in that time but uh, yeah it's about three and a half years ago we launched Wavestream and it, you know it, it was always a good question like why did you do it but it's probably a slightly boring answer but myself and my co-founder had read a um, article in the Wall Street Journal about Walmart is one of the biggest employers on earth about um, how they were trying to figure out a flexible pay was going to drive certain behaviors with staff whether it's going to help them retain staff or whether it's going to make staff more productive and we just thought what a great idea that is the ability for any employee to be able to choose when they get paid that's phenomenal in fact why do people pay in europe every month what is that all about why is that a thing so we started sort of looking into it in earnest and realized actually you could create something that allowed any employee to access their earnings you'd have to probably contract with the company you'd probably have to access their system so you understood what people's earnings were and how many shifts they'd done or how what their salary were but with you know fintech as it is evolving in london and the banking infrastructure that's evolving with it i.e. faster payments you can pay someone in mere seconds we thought you know what this is awesome this is a this is a great idea this could help a huge amount of at the time sort of british families were very based in sort of thinking about this as a uk thing and we also thought every, well, who would not sign up for this like every company on earth surely would want their employees to choose their payday and then because we'd never done a fintech before and never actually I'd been involved in a lot of other sort of high growth businesses luckily enough but some successful some failures but um, nevertheless we'd never done a fintech either myself or portman so had no real understanding of regulatory environment or an understanding of things you need to worry about when you're you're in finance or moving money but we did get in touch with the fca quite you know early on on phone them up someone answered which was nice didn't expect that um <laughs> and they said no this is you know from what you're saying this seems feasible it's not credit if it is something that um people are owed by their employer if they're owed their salary and they've worked for that money then it's not something that would be considered credit but of course they couldn't tell us you know they couldn't put anything in writing at that time but it was it was interesting their concept we thought well this is something we should you know like good entrepreneurs you just pile in um you don't ask any other questions and it's yeah that was sort of how the idea originated i think once we got it in our heads we couldn't get it out right the fact that we started walking around coffee shops and restaurants in london and just asking staff members hey what would you like to choose when you get paid and i don't think anyone said no so of course on a cohort of about 10 people we decided this was a global domineering business so we decided to do it but it has proved luckily to actually be a very good idea um so what you're explaining is earned wage access which is a space you operate in in more detail what is that and why is that becoming so popular? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, we tried to coin the whole industry income streaming because we were wage stream and we thought just call it income streaming. And everyone would assume that it's something it's like Hoover. right? I've still I've got a bagless Hoover at home called a Dyson. But alas, no, the world and most of the 
you know, it'll probably become more of a mass market concept in the US than anywhere else. And that's where really the term was coined of earned wage access. You need a good anagram, EWA. Earned wage access simply means, as it sounds, the ability to access wages you have earned. So, you know, if you are an employee, whether you're paid weekly, fortnightly, monthly, if you have earned money and you've worked those hours, your employer owes you, you know, money for those hours you've worked. That's normally the contract most employees have with their company. Um, you're able to access that money. Simple as that. I know you describe yourself as an ethical fintech. So when it comes to, for example, scaling, what does it mean to be an ethical fintech and what are the challenges of scaling ethically? So we were 100% founded with a social purpose. It was when, when we heard about this concept and the idea, we thought, well, this is going to something that's going to really help people. We knew, you know, that the horrific emergence of the payday loan industry of the last 10 years and and how that had damaged a lot of people's finances and credit scores and for us the immediate concept around earned wage access was actually this is going to be something that really can help people between pay cycles stop them going into debt stop them paying overdraft fees stop them paying credit card fees and if they have an unplanned expense if you can access your earnings to pay for that then you're not going to go into debt so the whole concept was around trying to um, improve the financial health of people and, and that's really where the social impact lies so when we you know we had an idea and we wrote it down on a bit of paper and we went to see some investors and one of our original backers was ascension ventures who are still with us to this day and a very important part of our origin story really they they're the lps for that fund that they have is all around social impact and social purpose um so joseph roundtree barrow cadbury big society capital have all put money together to for ascension ventures to invest in companies that have you know are going to make an impact on the world and create a better world for people to live it so therefore we, we raise money from them we have a social charter in our articles which means everything we do as a business is to reduce the poverty premium and help UK workers and improve their financial health. And the poverty premium is the amount more that, for instance, a lower income worker will spend for anything, whether it's insurance or rent or especially financial products in our world, depending on your credit score, you tend to be punished by financial institutions. If you're going to get a loan, for instance, or if you're getting charged fees, you get charged a lot more if you are lower income than if you are high income. This is complete unfair type of situation is put on a lot just for being lower income you're going to get punished so that's what the poverty premium is and it's our job to sort of reduce that and giving people access to their earnings is one way you can do that very effectively because you're stopping them going to have to go to a payday loan or or go into overdraft and if you haven't got an overdraft facility you're going to get a huge amount of fees based around you going into that situation so that's what we put together as a social charter put it in our articles and once it's in your articles of association on company's house it's actually very difficult to change that you need board approval to ever change your articles and every other investor that we've gone to you know raise money from we've got some great investors with north zone boulderton um qed who were there from the beginning with us they've all adhered to that social charter so they know that's what our job is they're not surprised when we come up with new product ideas to help that job and hopefully that will also keep us honest in terms of how we develop the business and also we made that very clear at the beginning that we wanted to be a business that had a social purpose that was going to make a difference to the world and that is something that 
is in our DNA. It's something in how we recruit people. It's something that, you know, people that have come and gravitated towards WageStream, whether it's a client, great clients we have like Green King or Booper, or employees believe in that mission. And that is really helpful because it's very easy, I think, in financial products. If you're doing a fintech or, you know, you're producing financial services or products, it's very easy to go down a dark path. It's very easy to charge people more. It's very easy to, oh, just that other 2% we'll put on there. So I try to be above that and not, you know, it doesn't mean we don't want to be a profitable business, but profit with a purpose is really important. I think your ecosystem around you keeps you safer on that path, but it's obviously up to us as founders to make sure that social purpose exists, not just from when we started the business, but all the way through. And as it's, we're just coming out of lockdown, we've just moved offices, actually. So we've printed it on our wall in the office. So everyone that comes in sees it just to make sure that, you know, this is why we're here. We're doing this for this reason. And earned wage access is one aspect of trying to help with our mission, but also getting people to save money, giving people better financial resources, better financial products. It's all about how we go about that. If that answered your question, quite convoluted, but it is a challenge, right? It is a challenge. It's We see user behavior we could charge more you could push people into some sort of loan policy you could do all these things but it's making sure that you hold to your mission Mm. i guess that must have become even more kind of important to you as an ethical fintech during this past year and during covid as well it's been a period where there's been high pressure in both directions fintechs especially have had an amazing growth opportunity and also on that obviously i know you raised 20 million during that period um and you've had a couple of products to support people like people on furlough so i guess can you talk me through the past year and specifically how covid has affected you guys yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, thinking back on last March, now that I'm sitting here in my shed, things have changed. Right? Normally we'd be probably sitting in London. But um, yeah, we, we did a lot of work in hospitality. I had a lot of great hospitality clients and they were the ones probably most initially and adversely impacted by COVID, right? Because restaurants were closed and bars and, and pubs were closed, etc. So that all happened very quickly. But the whole business sort of got together this is wage stream started thinking about solutions that could help our clients in a time when they desperately needed solutions and no one could even i mean you know if you think about february last year no one could even spell furlough let alone tell you what it was i, I didn't know what it was some american concept that trump did i can't remember um anyway everyone's very now educated on it when it happened you know we as a business as, as a platform we sit between employer and employee in terms of flow of money right so we are enabling people to access their earnings and then you know when they get paid we pull that back so our platform sits in that intersection and because of that when furlough came out as a concept we were able to calculate furlough payments very quickly for clients our engineering team just pulled a lot of all-nighters in a weekend um, and also enable any hospitality work or in fact any worker that was furloughed to access their furlough money as they earned it so you know furlough even though it's 80 percent of your original earnings you're still earning that money so we enabled that to happen and then one of our clients Booper asked us to help them out with a hardship fund that they had created for some of their employees that may be more vulnerable, that really did need access to money urgently as COVID was happening. So we were also able to build that product for them very quickly. And kudos to our engineering team for doing that as well. And then disperse hardship money to people that they felt required that. So those things came in. And we also turned the app, which was, you know, sort of a financial health tool, also into a comms tool for a lot of our clients so that they could send out messages and up 
updates to their staff and let them know what was going on and tell them what was happening to pay, tell them about furlough, et cetera. And, you know, all the educational sections we have in the app, they became sort of furlough definition and educational platform. So, yeah, we did a lot in a very short space of time. It was actually quite energizing for the whole company was sort of behind it. We went remote overnight so from all being in the same office we were completely dispersed like everyone else but no but put together quite a few really strong solutions for clients and actually meant that you know all those clients are still with us today but actually it was just thinking about it now it all happened very quickly didn't it it was um we were able to respond quite quickly but luckily our platform the core foundations in our platform enabled us just to be able to do that so yeah it was uh it was an interesting time and then on top of that yeah we decided to raise some money at the same time which is not the cleverest move Especially when my, but it's better now. But my internet connection wasn't great at all, um, and I no one could hear what I was saying, which actually turns out it's a good thing in fundraising. So if we go <laughs> fundraising again, my co-founder says you you just talk, no one's listening, and I'll I'll, I'll do all the uh, the talking. <laughs> <laughs> so how's that kind of looking back at it now? How has that worked for you in where you're going forward from where you are today in April? Yeah, yeah, it's a good, great question. I mean, we we didn't know at the beginning, you know, never know how these things are going to evolve. It's clearly been a massive challenge for a lot of our clients, especially hospitality and retail. Just like a, a once in a hopefully hundred year things, so you don't want them going through it again. But it's been a real challenge for them. So we've obviously tried to help where we can. I think pre-COVID, pre-pandemic or lockdown, we're a new technology, we're a new innovation, and that does require quite a lot of talking to clients get them to understand what we're doing but what is true now what has been true in the last six months is that the financial health of the workforce of an employee base is absolutely at the top of an agenda I think for a lot of um, HR leaders and people leaders right looking after the financial health of their workforce it is not like it was never up there but it's really in the top type of wellness bucket because you know furlough has caused people to have less income you've got sort of rent holidays you've got mortgage holidays you've got loan holidays all coming to an end you've got these situations where you just know that staff are going to be under some more financial pressure than probably normal so how can you help them pay is the best benefit the biggest benefit anyone could give their staff right i mean people work normally to get paid they may like the fruit bowls and yoga classes some companies give as benefits but pay is probably one that they will take above those if you ask me if i had a choice between the fruit bowl, okay i'm gonna take the pay thing pay is fundamental to people and so making that more flexible more real and more valuable to people is really important so we don't only just look at that but we look at how it can help by using open banking data, start to get someone to understand their spend patterns, what they're going to earn against what they're going to spend. Are they making the good decisions? Is that something we can help you type of thing? So yeah, just financial wellness as a concept, I think, has really come on in the last year. But just now, more than ever, I think people lead to see it as a really important requirement going forward. Like, is financial health is key. It's, it's, a, it's probably the biggest form of stress bad finances or bad financial health is a huge key point of stress for many people so if you can try and alleviate that then are you going to get better retention rates are people going to be more productive less absent all those things are true another thing we have to talk about is green cell you've been kind of watching the collapse and a scandal around this fintech a story which is still developing um, and you also decided to pick up one of its subsidiaries and an australian fintech operating in the same and wage access space that you are. So talk me through what happened and why you decided to make that move. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Green Still is a standalone business and their core business is, is completely separate to anything we do around invoice factoring. But yes, they did acquire a company called Earned a year or so ago, which is less written about. It was founded in Australia, originated out of Australia, but they acquired that company and then brought that tech over to the UK. And we're obviously, we're sort of promoting that to UK employers over here. So yeah, it's been quite, I guess, a challenge for us to A, have that as some sort of a competition, but also see it being used maybe for publicity purposes, not what probably what EWA was originally all around, even though EWA, Earned Wage Access as a concept, has been around for quite a while now, originated out of the US. It was here way before Greensill came on the scene. They obviously went into administration because their core business you know, wasn't working out. We made an approach to the administration and got to know the Australian team was the original core behind Earned, who had the business two or three years before um, they got involved with Greensill. And they'd, they'd started the company at a similar time to us, really liked the founding team. They had a similar social purpose before they were sort of sucked into the Greensill vortex. And we felt great about, you know, we're globally expanding. We've got operations in Spain and in the US and Australia was somewhere we just sort of put our, our flag on the ground. And we just thought this is great to have a team that think the same as us, that have the same sort of purpose and social mission to enable them to continue to do what they originally founded the company to do, albeit they had a bit of a blip in, in that Greensill time. So, yeah, we acquired the Australian entity and they're able now to work alongside us and continue what they were trying to do in terms of giving earned wage access to you know Australian businesses. But yeah, it's been a lot of talk around, mainly around Greens or mainly around those aspects of their business that weren't related at all to earned wage access. But it's natural, I guess, when part of their offering is pushing some of that technology, it's natural that that's going to get involved in the press as well. But yeah, everything in the UK is obviously no longer operational. But um, I think we're glad we found, you know, a really strong business in Australia that we like the team there, which is the most important thing. And they're able to continue um, doing what they do. So the whole team from Earned is now working underway stream. Yeah, the Australian team, the original founding team of Earned are now under Wagestream, yeah. Everything else that was built out in the UK for Greensill Pay and everything they were doing, yeah, that's no, that no longer exists as an entity. The concept itself of giving people access to their money is a fantastic concept. We're doing it for a social purpose. Many other companies will come out with similar technologies and they'll be either doing it for publicity or trying to potentially use it as a Trojan horse to sell other things, but... The pure players like us have no remit to do that. So I guess it's just something that happened, but now it's gone. We're just making sure that, you know, our client base is still really getting the benefits of earned wage access. Mm. So we talked about the past year and COVID. Taking all those things into account and looking forward, what's next for Wayzstream? What are you planning in 2021 and beyond? No, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, it look, there's a huge amount of growth to do yet. Earned wage access is not a mass market concept yet, but you can see it starting to become that. We've got a million employees just in the UK in our pipeline right now. And, we, you know, we get, we're going to be pushing a lot of that live in the next two or three months, uh, as well as the fact that we want to make sure we can offer this service globally. Financial health is an issue on the radar of, of many countries not just UK but also you know US in, into Europe and Australia so we're going to continue our global expansion and and really start putting a lot of effort into those territories where we see there being a big opportunity for this. Peter thank you so much.